the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot of rumors to break down because tis the season. But Keith, I'm still I'm still a little bit upset that we didn't get a tie last night in the Chargers versus Raiders game. I got to get over that and refocus onto NBA trade rumors because tis the season. We're about a month out from the trade deadline. Yeah, we're exactly a month out as far as the, the calendar goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, February 10th is the trade deadline, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'll use this opportunity to plug. We're going to be going live uh, with front office show. We're still figuring out the timing, but we'll start a little bit before the deadline so we can react to those late deals uh, live, and then we'll go after the deadline, and then we'll probably either come back later that day or the next day with uh, kind of that fresh, like, full look at what all the trades are and all those things. But we're going to have a lot of fun with that. But, yeah, man, I wanted to tie, too, because I wanted to complete chaos and yeah. all the anger and everything else that's so you know when, when you don't have a dog in the fight you're just kind of looking for it to go bananas i and i had a little bit of a dog in the fight because i wanted the pats to play the bengals not only they think that might be a more winnable game mm-hmm. but also they uh then they would not have played at the same time as the celtics and bulls on saturday night but alas it'll be mm-hmm. a two tv night and we'll figure it out here in the smith house well, the NBA is starting to pick up in terms of trade talks. And we've been talking about this for a few weeks now. What's happened is essentially so many players have been in health and safety protocols and teams have been scrambling just to, number one, put a roster out on the floor, be able to play games. That's been that's been the biggest challenge facing NBA general managers. So they haven't been able to focus a lot on making deals. But now that's going to start changing. Now that the clock is ticking here, we're going to see more and more of a push towards trade discussions and Shams Charania of The Athletic put out a piece today. We're going to be de- be kind of delving into that today, um, detailing a lot of different discussions around the league. I guess we kind of have to start at the top with Ben Simmons and, and what's yeah. going on with him. That's the piece that is still the, the, the key chip that's out there on the board, the guy that a lot of teams are, are still interested in. Uh, we've seen reports that Daryl Morey is still hoping his number one option is to bring Ben Simmons back. I don't know what to make of that. I feel like that's probably more posturing than anything else, but we also got an update on some teams that could be interested. And it sounds like the Hawks are becoming more and more of a real suitor. I was asleep at the wheel, but I'm going to get it in. There it is. <laughs> there it is. The Simmons, the Simmons by, by popular siren. request. <laughs> that's it. People love the Simmons siren. So, uh, <laughs> found by googling siren on youtube <laughs> uh, so it's it's a uh, it's an hour long <laughs> why an hour long why siren would want to listen to that for an hour i don't fully understand but uh but yeah so no what's funny is my um my my daughter does this thing i promise i'll talk about ben simmons in a second she does those things where there's youtube videos where it's the same song plays for one hour like it just ends and restarts and when she gets into a song she'll just listen to to those all all day so i don't don't really get it but yeah ben simmons so this one seems revolved 
related to to the Hawks. There, he Shams also mentions in the article. I want to make sure I get the teams right that the Kings, Trailblazers, mm-hmm. Timberwolves, and Pacers are also um, they engaged and interested. Uh, so that's kind of the group of teams that seem like they have been consistent for at least a while now uh-huh. uh, with that with the Hawks I think kind of more coming to the forefront and what I thought was interesting was he this is not reporting and I think it's getting mixed missed a little bit he is just saying that scanning the roster himself yes. it seems like John Collins is the guy and maybe Cam Reddish and that probably makes some sense just from a value play plus salary piece um, you need to have a big big uh, salary to be matching and clearly philly wants value um that fit would be a little bit weird for philly because you already have tobias harris and he's clearly a four and not a three so that gets a little little wonky there unless you've got another deal lined up but um the Collins stuff raised my eyes just from the the hawk side of it that mm-hmm. um he, he had one of the quotes after uh, your lakers handled the hawks fairly easily yeah. um he all and said i banged my head on the wall a couple of times trying to figure it out myself there's really no excuse all i can say is it's unacceptable we have to dig down and do the necessary do the things necessary to win or this is going to be the result every night and and the hawks have definitely underachieved this year mm-hmm. they, they've not played well um collins feels like his voice is not being heard in the locker room so that's something that's kind of you know bears watching sometimes when guys get frustrated with that it's tough and he's also not getting as much uh, as many touches and, and use used in the offense as i think some of the other guys have grown uh also mentioned Cam Reddish uh, was mentioned by Shams. Uh, there was a report also over the weekend uh, where I believe I believe this one was from Brian Windhorse had said that there is a belief that the Hawks will trade Reddish versus paying him. Hmm. Um, so that's that's uh, interesting. And then the last one is Danilo Gallinari, who is often mentioned in um, trade talks. Uh, he gave an interview to Sky Sports back in his native Italy where he said, I hope I stay in Atlanta. I hope I'm not moved, but you know anything can happen. And the reason Gallinari's get mentioned is, again, big salary, $20.5 million yeah. or so. Um, so that's a nice trade uh, matching chip there for salary matching. And then um, it's only $5 million guaranteed for next year. So it's a kind of a pseudo uh, uh, non-guarantee on that one. So it's a, or a pseudo expiring i guess is the better way to put that so yeah let's see i i don't it's i think simmons to the hawks makes some sense um i don't know what you do with clint capella because i don't know that that's a group you necessarily can mm-hmm. close with both of those guys but i i mean trey young can offset a lot of what simmons does and i'm intrigued by the idea i guess well and we've talked about this if you're the hawks you're a very motivated team to try to get something done because things have not gone according to plan this season because they have clearly not lived up to expectations and they've been one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. They're getting lit up by by teams and Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders, not, not just at the guard position or whatever position you want to call him at. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA, period. And so getting him would be a natural fit in terms of, hey, our defense is bad. Who's somebody that can help? Ben Simmons would be somebody that could certainly help you in that endeavor. The 28th, to to your point, um, by basketball references, uh, use of defensive rating. So that's that's bad. (laughs) Really bad. If you're the Hawks and you're already having concerns about John Collins, if if he's getting frustrated and you know he's got some value out there, maybe you do go ahead and you make a move here. But I also like that that, uh, distinction that you made. 
Sham saying, I'm looking at the salaries. That's the same as you or I yeah. looking, just yep. looking at the salaries and saying, that's what we these, do every day. Exactly. Right. These salaries add up to a trade. Shams is not saying I've heard from the Hawks side, or I've heard out there from an agent or whoever that the Hawks are actively discussing yep. these guys. He's just saying my best guess, these players would make sense because these salaries line up. So that that's important to note. I wouldn't assume that the Hawks are just discussing John Collins for Ben Simmons and this is a full go or anything like that. That's not what we've heard at this point. We've heard the Hawks are interested looking at the numbers. That makes sense, but don't take this as this is what's happening right now. This is just kind of putting some numbers together at the moment. Yeah, and I think you can also look at this as maybe there is that's the value, but it gets uh, routed to a third team that that yes. delivers the positional fit better to to Philadelphia. You know, there could be you know any number of teams I think would like to have John Collins. He's one of the better rebounders in the league. He shoots with enough range that it matters. He's a good finisher inside. Um, I feel like he showed enough last year in their playoff run that he can play small ball five. So if you can acquire him and then uh, you know slide him uh, to the five when you need to 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 close small, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, this one definitely my eyebrows are raised to see you know, our where could this maybe go um, with this one? Because I think uh, there's, there's definitely, um, you know, a very good player in there. Um, and what, what, you know, does that look like? So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious, but I, I do think the Simmons to the Hawks idea is uh, one that has has at least some uh, merit to, to watch. And then those other teams, they're the same ones we, we've been mentioning for, you know, months now. Right. Uh, the Kings, Trailblazers, Timberwolves, and Pacers, all small market teams. They can't necessarily get a guy like this in free agency. So if you can land them via trade, you know, go go make it happen. Problem is, other than the Timberwolves or Trailblazers, rather, with uh, Damian Lillard, it seems unlikely that those teams have the direct piece to send that Philly wants as far as the value play uh, for Simmons. So that, you know, you might have a, have to get a third team involved or something like that. Um, by the way, I do want to want to pause here and just mention that we are very appreciative of all the the kind words that we got after our, our last uh, our last video. We had a lot of people who were were chiming in saying they appreciated kind of the format of this show and how we approach things. And I think this is a good example where we're not going to tell you John Collins to the to the seventy sixers. <laughs> this is this is a done deal, and then make a video that's eight minute and two seconds long just to make sure we hit that that YouTube monetization strategy and do all all that kind of stuff we're going to try to cut through that and tell you, look, this is, we have to be careful here because this is not, the rumor is not John Collins for Ben Simmons. You're going to see some people who run with that, but yeah, that's not what happened. Sean's... I've seen it today. Yeah. yeah, that's how it's going to get aggregated, but that is not what was actually said here. And so that's, this is another example of kind of our philosophy of how we approach this kind of stuff is we try to cut through that and just give you as close to what's what's factual as we can without getting too hyperbolic. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Shams, in addition, that was kind of the headline piece yep. uh, here. And then he kind of empties out his notebook as he does about once a week or so. Yep. Or maybe it'll happen more often uh, here now that we're in trade season. But let's see how that goes. But uh, the Celtics, uh, you know, of note, he says that they've indicated they want to build around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and have no interest of splitting them up. That matches everything we've heard uh those of us who cover the team uh that they are he also adds they're open for business around other players on the roster 
same thing. Uh, we keep hearing, you know, Dennis Schroeder, Josh mm-hmm. Richardson, uh, all sorts of names are, are available out there and they're interested. Um, and then he adds, they, they did talk about Ben Simmons with the Sixers, but they have no inclination to move Jalen Brown. And from Philly side, there's not a whole heck of a lot else on the Boston roster, assuming Jason Tatum, of course, is off the table, mm-hmm. that I think would interest them for for Ben Simmons. So it would make sense that that's why that that didn't go anywhere. And I and I get it why the Celtics wouldn't do that either because the last thing this this team is already poor in shooting. They don't need to add another non shooter uh, to to the team when they've already got a couple of those that play fairly prominent roles doesn't seem like it's in the cards for the Celtics to land Ben Simmons. I mean, yeah. maybe they get involved as a third team or, you know, something sure. like that, I suppose, could happen. But it doesn't seem to be a great fit, particularly if the Celtics say, you know what, we, which is totally fair. We don't want to move Jalen Brown. We don't want to move Jason Tatum. OK, that's that's probably going to take them out of the Ben Simmons race yeah. again, unless they get involved as a third team or something of that now, nature. What you could what people say all the time is, you know, could they send something like Horford, Schroeder, and Juancho Hernan Gomez and picks to a third team mm-hmm. that then that third team sends the value to Philly? And what I always say in those things is, why would that third team not just take Simmons for themselves? Yes, exactly. Right? Like, that's where you got to kind of – those things do happen on occasion, but it's that's more of a – like I was talking about with Collins where it's just a weird positional fit that doesn't make sense. That's where you might see a third team get in, or definitely you see third teams get in just as facilitators of, hey, boy, they don't want to eat that salary. We'll eat that salary, and that's how we'll we'll rebalance it there. But, yeah, it's a, you know kind of interesting. You want to sure. go to the Cavs? Because this is a quick one. Yep. Um, improving their backcourt. We, we've been saying this for a yep. while. Um, and they're looking at a package around Ricky Rubio's expiring deal and draft picks and completely makes sense. Rubio, 17 million expiring contract. That's a nice piece of salary matching in a trade. You have draft picks that you can offer up, um, because clearly Cleveland is no longer in the full on we're rebuilding phase. Mm-hmm. This is now the let's start supplementing this team as we we move things forward. So my guess is something gets done where we're going to talk about the Pacers in a minute. He mentions that they have talked. Um, not that we were breaking news, just kind of logically looked at some fits about adding Karis LeVert. And I think that is still one that does make some sense uh, for the Cavs because if Rubio's that's basically the salary match. If you can make that happen, you know, why not? If you're you're Cleveland, um, if it's not gonna cost you all that much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's exactly why you take that Rubio contract. Maybe you make something happen with it, add in a pick, something like that, and then you cement your standing in as a playoff team, maybe a playoff power in the Eastern Conference down the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers. Uh, let's jump to the Detroit Pistons. Several playoff teams are pursuing star forward Jeremy Grant, who right now is out due to injury, should be back within a few weeks here. Uh, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Blazers, and Lakers, among others. 27 years old, Jeremy Grant, a lot of teams in the NBA are looking for big wings that have a little bit of shooting ability, that are very switchy defensively, have that versatility. So uh, he's going to be in high demand. He's going to be in high demand, but Shams also notes that he's eligible for a four-year contract extension worth about $112 million this offseason. So that and might... the reporting is he wants he a wants contract that. extension too. Yes. Not necessarily that full amount, but but he he wants in excess of $20 million a year. So if that's the case, if you're a team that's trading for him, you'd have to know that 
number one, he wants to be there long-term in order to sign that extension and that you'd be expected to give him that extension because he does have a little bit of power in this scenario. He's sure. a free agent in a year and a half. And so he does mm -hmm. have the ability to, to tell a team, hey, you know, I really don't want to go to this, to your particular team. Uh, if you trade for me, that's fine. I'll play for you, but I'm going to leave when I'm a free agent. So he, he can direct his landing spot to some degree if he decides to go that route. But... No surprise that a lot of teams are interested in him. In him. Um, is there a team there of those four mentioned? Knicks, Wizards, Blazers, Lakers. Is there a team out there that you think can put together a package that goes beyond what the others can or would put together a package? Yeah, I, uh, I think it, it feels odd for the Blazers. It just doesn't feel like the right kind of move right. Um, for them. They, they continue to, to slip in, in the uh, Western Conference. I'm trying to pull it up right now, and it's not uh, – my computer's not wanting to load the pit. There it goes. Uh, so they are now – they're still 11th. They're functionally tied with the Kings but, uh, or the Spurs, rather, in the Kings, I guess, for that uh, last um, – play-in spot in the West. It, it's just, is that really where you want to be? Um, Sean Hyken for uh, Bleacher Report. Sean has covered the Blazers in the past. Um, he wrote a thing about it seems like maybe where Portland should go is to shut Damian Lillard down. We talked about that on a previous show, um, that that maybe is the way to go. So if you're going to do that, then no, you're not. Because what are you going to give up? Anthony Simons or Nasir Little? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense. That's a bad decision. Like, those are kind of your young guys. Like, I'd get it if you were in sixth or fifth or fourth and trying to make that push into the next, you know, tier. Sure. But that's not where Portland is. So right. I'd take them out of the list. Uh, Washington. Yeah. If now, if, if it's Washington, though, you got to consolidate some of these forwards and send some out. Right. Because they've already got way too many. I mean, they've got, you know, pretty soon this this Wizards team. I was looking at this this morning because I was doing some uh, some some trade deadline prep stuff. This Wizards team, so this is their their kind of four or five group. Uh, now that Hachimura is back, and they've said Thomas Bryant's going to be back sooner rather than later. So you've got Gafford and Kuzma start, and then you're going to have Bryant, Hachimura, Harrell, Avdia plays some at the four um, on occasion. Davis Bertans, like you got, you'd have to lot. condense some of those guys out. And I, if I was Detroit, I'd look at it and be like, All right, maybe I'd take a run at Hachimura and see what that looks like. Mm -hmm. If you paid me in picks, I'd, you know, happily take on, you know, Bertans or somebody, but I can't imagine they're going to trade Kuzma. He's too important to them and been too good. He had a 2020 game last night. I, I think. saw that. Um, so, yeah. So it just, that one, I, I can see it from their standpoint. And then the Lakers, makes a ton of sense for the Lakers. Like I think Jeremy Grant would be a wonderful fit uh -huh. there is, is probably their best uh, three, four on the roster that isn't LeBron James. But I think their challenge becomes, how do you get there? Is Talon Horton Tucker enough for, for the Pistons? Um, and how, what's his fit there? Cause they already have Cade Cunningham plus guys they drafted that are, right. you know, that they're already invested in. So that's, that's just where it gets a little uh, wonky fit wise, you know, from, from that standpoint. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this just a little bit ago in a video for Lakers nation. Um, the Lakers offer, it's not going to go anywhere. It can't change. It, it's, nope. it, it is what it is. The Lakers offer yep. has to be just in terms of doing the math, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Kendrick, Nunn, and a veteran minimum, plus whatever you want to add in picks wise or, or whatever, right. 
in exchange. Which for, is limited. Which is very limited, extent. right? They yeah. have their earliest first round pick they can trade as of this moment is the 2027 first. They have some second rounders. But that's that's the package for the Lakers. So if you're the Pistons, you know that offer's not it, it what it is right now. It's going to be the same thing right around the trade yep. deadline. Now you could say, okay, well, maybe who that veteran minimum guy is, that can change. Or uh, maybe you can get the Lakers to work something out with the Pelicans and somehow get a second first in 2028 available if you can get them to change the guarantee date or, or the uh the option on the 2024 or 2025 sure. pick right that's that's not where we're at right now though so the lakers offer probably isn't going to change much between now and the deadline so in the meantime if you're the pistons you're just taking in offers and you wait and you see who offers you the best package because some of these are kind of locked in they are what they are but between now and a month from now you don't know how many other teams might say, hey, we really yep. need a big wing. This is a skill set that's in high demand. So if I'm the Pistons, I'm I'm letting this all play out and I'm going to wait until the deadline before I make anything anything happen. And if I'm the Pistons, if I get to the deadline and I don't get a good enough offer, take it into the summer, take mm-hmm. it into next season. Um, you you know, I, I, it seems like they're one of the teams that could maybe have enough cap space to do something this off season. So you, you could really position yourself well there. And maybe you look at it and says, you know what? Hey, but could we be next year's Cavs? If yeah. Cade Cunningham is better and we have Jeremy Grant and add a couple more guys, maybe we're next year's Cavs and we're, we're right in the mix here in the East. So, yeah, I don't know. This is not one where they absolutely have to move Jeremy Grant. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. there. Um, this is a real quick one. Houston Rockets. Uh, <laughs> teams Team- are expressing interest in John Wall. Should he become free on the market? Teams want yeah, John Wall if they don't have to give up yeah. anything to get him. Exactly. Yes. And, and I think that's, Good, right? I hope uh-huh. I it's I, as I've said for months now. I want this to resolve one way or another. Right. Either he plays for the Rockets or he takes a buyout and moves on. I fully understand why the Rockets have no real interest to, uh, you know, just have him sit at full amount on their books. I, my guess is this goes the Blake Griffin route. If there's no trade come the trade deadline mm-hmm. uh, in that next few weeks before uh, playoff rosters need to be finalized through buyouts. Um, we'll see him, uh, you know, maybe go the Blake Griffin route, give back enough money, get free, and go join a team as you know, point guard depth. There, I want to close it out with the Pacers yep. here for this one. Um, not a ton of new news in this, but just that teams are ramping up conversations with the Pacers involving Karis Silver and Miles Turner. As you noted pre show, what's notable there is not DeMontis Sabonis. Um, It seems like he's the one who's going to stick in Indiana and be kind of because they are not bottoming this out. They are not doing a full scale rebuild. They they don't do that. They don't feel like they can do that in that market. So what it looks like they are going to do is reset, uh, probably be bad the rest of this year, but really reset um, with that one. So I think that uh, becomes interesting. We already mentioned Karis LeVert and the Cavs, um, but for Turner, the Mavericks and Knicks have talked about Miles Turner. Interesting fit for either one of those teams, uh, as well as the Lakers and the Hornets. Uh, Lakers, I mean, let's re- if you want, you can uh, re-edit in the Jeremy Grant part of the conversation because it's the same thing. It's the exact same conversation. The same the package, package doesn't change. Um, for them, Hornets, that one makes some sense because, you know, he could fit there. And I think that's been something we've all pieced together for years and years and years, probably so much so that it'll never happen. <laughs> it um, makes, it makes know, too much sense to have. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think 
a report like this, we always talk where, who does this benefit? Mm-hmm. Well, this benefits the Pacers, right? Get this out there because then, hey, you want Turner or Levert? You better come and talk now. Look because how many teams are after him. Yeah, there's already teams after these guys. Yep. So, yeah, so I think we're – um, I I am going to put it at 75% that those two guys are not Pacers by the end of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, this is I, – I think Levert to the Cavs still makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah. We'll see if it if it makes enough sense to, to happen, uh, if, that's, if that's the route they go. Miles Turner, I think that teams will be interested. I think that his ability to space the floor while still blocking shots is something that will intrigue teams. The rebounding, okay, we can quibble over the, over that for sure. But sure. but this is a guy where that also makes sense to be on the move. Uh, who's it going to be? The Hornets seems like a really good landing spot for him. He'd be a nice fit there. The Lakers, eh, I mean, I know a lot of Lakers fans want to see a move made, but the Lakers have been pushing so far towards small ball that to do that would be like okay hit the brakes never mind just kidding we're not going to play small ball anymore bring in miles turner so we'll see what winds up happening so i think a guy like jeremy graham makes a lot more sense because you can play him ad lebron there's your your front court and then you're you're small ish but you're still big enough to cover whatever you need to cover um whereas turner that gets a little little weirder then you're you're now you're basically a traditional team again this feels like this report is the the Pacers kind of turning on that neon sign. Hey, everybody, look! <laughs> everybody, look! This people are really interested in him. And sure. then by including yeah. Lakers, you make that neon sign flash, yep. right? It, it just to, just to draw <laughs> that little bit of extra extra sure. attention. But um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I I do agree though that more likely than not, both those guys are on new teams after the trade. I just line. don't think you can go this far where it's like every day their their names are out there in something um you know that it turns into that i mean in that miles turner interview i just keep going back to that it's i don't want to put words in his mouth because he did not say this but to me the things he said he is very ready for a fresh start so somewhere else where he can you know either be on a team that's contending or he's playing a bigger role ideally both um with that and and as i said before which oddly enough got aggregated um you know by a couple different places it's not crazy to say he's far more plug and play than DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis is a guy you need to kind of have as an offensive fulcrum. You're going to run a lot of stuff through him. You're going to do a lot of things and that's fine because he's very, very good. But Turner is a guy just about any team. I mean, we just talked how he'd fit on all those teams because you could just throw him on all those teams and just ask him to do what he does. You know, block shots on defense as a help guy, uh, space the floor and dive to the rim. There, there it is. That's, that's what he is. So yeah, well, we'll see. Okay, let's get into Donovan Mitchell. Let's start there. We've got a lot of things that actually happened in the NBA over the weekend, and there's a little bit of news that came out regarding Donovan Mitchell that should raise some eyebrows, particularly in Utah. Keith, what do you make of this report that Donovan Mitchell may want to play in a bigger market? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I think one thing that that's really changed, we, we did a video where we talked about how we approached this show uh, a couple videos ago at the end of last week. Um, but one of the things that is interesting is where you get news from. And one of the places you can get news from now is podcasts. Um, a lot of the, the main uh newsbreakers out there and reporters are on podcasts and sometimes they'll drop tidbits in there that maybe don't hit Twitter or don't um, get into an article and Tim McMahon on the hoop collective. Um, and I want to be very 
careful about this. He did not say Donovan Mitchell wants a trade. Utah is trading Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. He did not say anything like that. And he also was very clear in that there is speculation around the NBA. That's not necessarily from Donovan Mitchell directly that he would like to play in a bigger market, that market size matters to him. And one of the ways they, they were couching this discussion was around he's seventh in all, in the first return of fan voting and all-star voting behind guys he, quite frankly, probably should not be behind. Um, so now that's going to happen every year. We know market size gives guys a bump. I mean, it's funny. I was looking at it, and it's like Lakers fans seemingly you know complain about Russell Westbrook to no end, but yet yes. they're still voting him to start the all-star game. So it's just how it goes, right? It's yeah. just, we, we know and, big market guys are going to get that bump. And didn't we have this issue with Gordon Hayward when he was in Utah? Yeah. Where, where he yeah. was, he was probably an all-star caliber player, but just couldn't quite get there. And part yeah. of that was, he felt like being in Utah was preventing that from, yeah. from happening. Are, are we just, are we just repeating history here? Is that what's, what you think is going to happen? Now he's not a free agent until I mean, 2025, but that's still. the difference. Right. So Hayward did two things happen with Hayward. So you had that part of it. You also had the part that he, in his, he grew up in Indiana, but he says he's always been more of an East Coast guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was the Jazz, nobody's still there as far as the main front office players go, but they very much were. You know, hey, when when he was a restricted free agent at the end of his rookie deal, go out and get a deal and we'll match it. And that never really sat right with him. Yeah. If we remember, the Hornets signed him to an offer sheet. The Jazz matched it. And then as soon as Hayward could, he opted out and left. Went to Boston and that, that you know, went the way it went. And now he's actually with the Hornets. Right. But I think with Gordon Hayward, the big thing was um, he had that ability within the next few years to – to make it happen for himself. Mitchell is under contract through, and let me make, I'm going to pull it up. I probably should have this done already, but I did not. I just want to make sure I get the years right. Um, he is, he just, he just in, he's in year one of a five year extension mm-hmm. uh, through 25, 26. He is, it has a player option in 25, 26. So barring any major surprises, he'll be a free agent in 2025. Um, guys generally, they, they opt out of those deals. That's why they, they push for those. Uh, he and Jason Tatum were two of the guys that got them. Those player options had not been common again, but those guys are also higher level stars than, you know, other guys who had come up in recent years as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. So my guess is this is just something to kind of put in the back of your mind because it's nothing's going to happen here for probably quite some time. Um, and the main thing is if the jazz win. It'll all completely go away. Yes. You know, that's the, that's the, the difference. Exactly. Yeah. This will become a thing because, I mean, I always go back to LeBron James became the biggest star on the planet playing in Cleveland. Like, it's not, you know, Kevin Durant became a massive star. Russell Westbrook playing in Oklahoma City. Like, it just doesn't matter the way it used to. I get he'd like more votes from being in the bigger market and those kind sure. of things. But win enough games and it won't matter anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So not, not like we're, we're sounding the alarm here on any of this, but just something to file away and keep in mind kind of as we go forward, Donovan Mitchell, maybe someday this turns into something, but look, the Utah Jazz are a team that could win a championship this year. And that happens. All of this gets forgotten. Yep. Hey, in that same show, uh, Brian Wynn, I believe it was Brian Windhorse. I should probably check and make sure that I have that, that correct, but I believe it was him who said this and it was, um, 
everything's quiet on the Bradley Beal trade front. Mm -hmm. There's not even conversation or buzz or anything like that. And that seems to make some sense, right? Beal tried seemingly before the season to shut that down and say, I'm not interested. I want to be here. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Shepard in uh, recent appearances has said uh, he's the Wizards GM um, has said, I, I, don't want to trade him. We want him here. Uh, the team's not, they've slipped from the really good start that they had. They're now 20 and 20 and ninth in the East after, you know, getting off to a really great start yeah. to the season, but that's still probably slightly better, you know, get to get, get back healthy and see where you can go. They're probably in that, that anywhere from six to 11 range in the east maybe 12th um you know pending if the knicks and the hawks ever really get it going um but yeah it's it's but that's the good news right that everything's quiet and no one's you know sniffing around him my guess is still gonna opt out i don't think we're gonna see any kind of extension no. uh inked by him i think he'll opt out this off season take the big payday and go from there yeah and that's that's not an opt out because he wants to leave that's an opt out right. because financially it makes more sense yep. To go Absolutely. that route. Um, we did see an actual trade. Well, get accepted yeah. anyway. I, I don't know if it's actually processed. No, at it this hasn't point. been processed as of yet. So, Bull Bull being traded from the Denver Nuggets to the Detroit Pistons. Rodney Magruder, uh, second round pick, going to Denver. I like this trade for the Pistons because, because why not? Why not? Take a swing here. I know Bull Bull has been, you know, some people are still high on him, but he hasn't exactly, you know, burst onto the scene in, in Denver or anything like that. But if you're the Pistons, you're a rebuilding team. Why not take a swing on on some up to upside, some potential? Worst case, you cost yourself a second round pick. Okay, that's something, but that's not the worst thing in the world. And if you're going to burn a second round pick on something, why not swing for the fences on a guy like, like Bull Bull? Yeah, exactly. And one thing that team does not have outside Isaiah Stewart is a lot of young size. Mm -hmm. um, they, they they don't have that. So, yeah, I mean, you can throw him minutes the rest of the year, see what he looks like. And and then he's a restricted free agent uh, this offseason if you want to go that route and you'll own your ability to match. This is something they did uh, probably a slight, well, I don't know, he's a little bit more proven, but did similar process with Hamadou Diallo sure. last year. Uh, when got him, had his restricted rights, re-signed him to a two-year deal um, with that. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what that looks like with Bull. Um, this is the move rebuilding teams should make. Just take flyers on guys, see what it looks like. You know, did no no cost at all. I mean, no offense to Rodney Magruder, but he's a minimum salary guard. I'd be kind of surprised if he makes it through the end of the year with the Nuggets. Uh, once this trade is consummated, sounds like they're going to keep him, at least initially. And then, yeah, you you said it right. Bull has had his struggles. He hasn't been great. So you know, it's not one of those things where we go too crazy because it's not like holy crap they you know just landed their you know Power franchise shift. center yeah. <laughs> you know yeah or anything like that. Here's Cade Cunningham's running mate for the you know next ten years as they rule the East. But you know, hey, if he pops, then he popped for you for the acquisition cost of next to nothing. And for Denver, if Bull Bull was not in your long-term plans, if you say, you know what, it's just not going to happen for him, yep. you might as well get a second rounder and get something rather than have him just leave for nothing. Yeah, second rounder. And this is a team that's tied to, this, to the tax, too. Mm -hmm. And probably ideally would, I mean, if you can avoid the tax, you want to. Um, so they're they're tight to that tax line, and this is going to save them about five hundred thousand or so. So, you know, that's uh, you know, just frees up a little bit more flexibility, um, you know, for the Nuggets if they want to go in a different direction. And then ultimately, 
that's an easy wave to open a roster spot if you wanted to move on from a Gruner because he's not a guy you had anything really invested in. Another big man to give an update on, Anthony Davis, uh, was seen shooting a little bit before last night's game uh, between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Did have a big knee brace on, but we were told that was just precautionary. Uh, so he's back out on the floor taking jumpers. That's a good sign. We should get an update on him in about a week or so from the team. That's about when he's scheduled to be reevaluated. But AD, at least being back on the floor from that MCL sprain, that's uh, that's a good sign. Yeah, anything's, you know, any encore work that they allow the media to see is good right mm -hmm. that that means that you at least have a reason otherwise you you know it's very easy to hide these guys and make sure nobody ever sees them or anything like that so yeah i, I think um you know sounds like things are moving in a positive direction i i promise i'm not trying to you know throw salt in a wound from a loss that john morant block Oh, that, that was, was unbelievable. It was Shannon Brown all over again, except the ref didn't mistakenly call a foul on that yeah. one. <laughs> I, it was just, that was one of those plays where you're like, holy crap. And then the more you watch it, it got a little less believable because it's like, wait, he, oh, he floated that ball at the top of the square. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that was just un unreal. That's one of the all-time best point guard blocks I think I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Like it was you know, way, way, way up there. That so was, that was just phenomenal. Had to throw that one in. I also want to let's throw in too because we don't have anywhere else to fit it in the show. How cool was it to see Clay Thompson back yes. yesterday? Like so great. I mean, yep. that I got a little emotional when they they announced him. Like it was it was just. I mean, you could tell he was feeling it. The whole team, uh, that crowd. I mean, when he got that first bucket. Like that's just, I mean, that's that's the good stuff in sports, right there. And I had so good. I had never seen this before. Draymond. He's hurt. He, he was dealing with a cap issue, was not going to play in the game, but he yeah. wanted to make sure that he was on the floor for Clay when the game started. Now, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why he felt so strongly that he had to start the game alongside Clay. I mean, I guess, you know, sentimental reasons, but the, the game starts, Draymond immediately, and they had talked to the Cavs ahead of time, so they knew they were going to do this, immediately commits a foul so he can get out of the game and then doesn't play. But I've never seen an injured player be determined to be in the starting lineup for another player's comeback. Yeah. It, was just, it was just an interesting dynamic that we saw play out there. Yeah, there was, I, I, I may have this wrong and I apologize if I get it wrong. It might've been Swin Cash back in the day for UConn was set to, to have some major scoring milestone. Um, and she had, I think torn her ACL and oh, then she yes, went out right. there and they, yep. but that's different, right? That was for her. Uh -huh. This, this was, it was a, and that's not a criticism. I mean, I think I thought that was a cool moment too. Cause then UConn let the other team get a basket right yep. back. And then basically he started, you know, 20 seconds later tied two two instead right. of you know, zero zero. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that says, how much Curry, Draymond, and Clay have been through together. Sure. Like those are guys that, you know, they got to the peak, right? As as, you know, championship teams and all three major, you know, all-star, you know, MVP, defensive player of the year level guys um with, with that team. So yeah, it was it was just such a cool moment. And and now, you know, I look forward to let's just keep seeing Clay play and it just yes. becomes normal again. Absolutely. Um, let's jump to the Mavs. So Marquis yeah. Chris. We've talked about this, that some of these guys that are on hardship contracts, they're going to wind up sticking with teams. They're going to impress yep. somebody, and the team's going to go, you know what, what, what can we do to keep this guy? Well, the Mavs are now rumored to be trying to free up a roster spot in order to keep Marquise Chris, similar to what we saw the Lakers do in the, the Rajon Rondo trade, so that they can perhaps long-term keep 
Stanley Johnson. Uh, he's on a 10-day contract right now, but the Mavs are looking at the same thing with, with Marquise Chris. So then the question becomes, how do you do that? How do you go about that if you're the Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, they're going to have to make a trade or eat a full salary now because they didn't have any. They could have let Moses Brown go, but he's big with some upside, so I understand why they would fully guarantee him. My guess is this is one where it'll be, uh, your deal is up, uh, they, they are going to resign him per Mark Stein to another hardship. And remember the hardship 10 days, you can go beyond two where a regular 10 day you can't. So they're going to do that because they still have a uh, poor Zingas is out in the hardship protocol. So, so it does sound like that's how they're going to kind of buy themselves 10 extra days here. And then after that, you're probably close enough to the trade deadline that you, you know, do we have an unbalanced trade? Where we're going to send out two for one. Can we get somebody to eat a contract? Hi, Oklahoma City. Uh, here's a pick. Thank you, you know, for taking this deal on for us. Um, you know, and then then that'll be be the way that goes. But yeah, I mean, he's kind of become a rotation guy while he's been there. Uh, another guy, who's same boat, different team. Lance Stevenson. Yep. Um, he's played great. You know, he had the big scoring quarter, 20 points off the bench in the first quarter of a game, never been done before. And then he uh, nearly had a triple double um, in the, the other night, um, which is crazy. I think he had 14 assists off the bench. So uh, they really seem to like him there. He's played really well uh, for them. And it sounds like they're going to do what they can to keep him around. Now, they did open up a roster spot when they waved Keelan Martin before the guarantee date at the end of last week. So uh, so that that makes sense there i think lance will stick right where he is in indiana probably get through this 10 day and then probably on to a remainder of the season contract for whatever reason lance in indiana that just seems to be the key it's the key to his powers I, i i don't know why but being in that pacers jersey just changes everything it's like putting namor in the in the water or something like that you know <laughs> lance stevenson just seems to fit there and so very cool yeah. that he's you know he's been a guy who's been fighting for a while to try to get back into the league so cool yeah. that it looks like he is going to uh, indeed stick in indiana yeah a uh, couple two-way moves happened um again a couple guys who earned contracts coming off of these 10 days uh the cleveland cavaliers waived taco fall uh, and then they converted Brandon Goodwin mm-hmm. into a uh, two-way contract. Goodwin is a point guard. Clearly, they've got more than enough bigs, so they don't really have a huge need for Taco Fall. Um, but Brandon Goodwin fills a need because they do need some ball handlers on that team right now. The New Orleans, Pel- New Orleans Pelicans uh, waved Jared Harper from his two-way. Uh, they're giving it to Gary Clark. Clark was not on a hardship 10-day, but he was on a deal – that they had to make a decision because DD Luzada had to come off the suspended list. So they'll mm-hmm. lose that extra roster spot here certain soon. So, and they certainly wanted to keep Clark around. So they're going to do that. And then the Denver Nuggets, uh, in addition to the bowl bowl trade, um, they waived Peter Cornelli from his 10 day, uh, his two way rather. And then they signed Davin Reed who had done three 10 days with the Nuggets. They signed him to a two way contract and he's going to come in and, uh, and take that spot. So, so um, th- those moves are happening now. Those moves used to be a lot more common at this time of year because the two-way deals, you had a date where it was uh, January 15th. You had to make your two-ways. They became guaranteed um, for the rest of the season. This year, that date no longer is, is out. They took that out, but as part of the whole help teams through the COVID stuff, mm-hmm. as well as the game limits on the two ways. What does still exist for two way players is they cannot play in the playoffs. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later because there are a handful of two way guys who have become major rotation players that there's going to have to be decision made if those teams want to have them available in the postseason. 
Yeah, that's right. So it, it'll be something else for teams to to cross. But for the time being, you're seeing some guys win two way contracts, some guys who aren't hardship contracts that are sticking long term. Um, again, that's that's kind of the silver lining to all of yep. this all of this COVID stuff is that guys got opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise. And some of those guys, not many of them, but some of them have managed to capitalize on those opportunities yeah. and earn spots back in the NBA. Yeah. And we're getting down to it now. I think, I think we're in less than 50 players now yeah. in the protocols uh, remaining. A lot of these teams are now back into roster, like standard roster compliance with their 15 guys and their two, two way players and the like. All right. I think that wraps it up for today. I just did a quick scan of, uh, of the Twitter well, machine. It's front office news. Uh, you must have just missed it because Woj just tweeted it. Oh, uh, the Orlando Magic have extended the contracts of President Jeff Waltman and General Manager John Hammond through the 2025-26 seasons. Oh, so uh, that is, uh, you know, that's good for a team when they're rebuilding. That now the that gives them longer time mm-hmm. to see that through. So you know, so I think that's really great. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Good spot to wrap things up. We appreciate everybody who's been joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And of course, follow us wherever uh, you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever. It doesn't matter. Just follow us where you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.